Once again, I greet you, brothers and sisters, in the wonderful name of Yahweh the Father, of our marvelous Savior, Yeshua, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. I pronounce a blessing upon you for listening to the word of Yahweh, and not only for listening, but for sharing the word. I am excited, as always, to be presenting the word to you. Today is the first day of October 2020. The year has dramatically approached its climax. October, and then we have two more months, and the year is completed. My brothers and my sisters, this year, 2020, will go down in the pages of history as the year with the most emotional highs and lows, hatred, racism. These are all pointing to the coming of the Son of Man. Are you ready to meet him? Are you ready to meet Yahweh when he shall come? Today's word is entitled, Breaking Down the Racial Divide. Breaking Down the Racial Divide. No one is born hating another person because of the color of his skin or his background or his religion. People must learn to hate. And if they can learn to hate, they can be taught to love. This is a quote by Nelson Mandela. Yeshua went out of his way to break down racial barriers in his day. The racism he confronted was between Jews, Samaritans, and Gentiles. There was even a racial rivalry among the Jews, evident by how Nathaniel stereotyped Yeshua. He said, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? You will find that in John 1.46. He was biased against Yeshua before he even met him. Racism boils down to pride. The ugly self-deception that we are better than you. Remember, we all came from dirt. Plus, our bodies consist of about 60% water, which equals mud. We are just a lump of mud. Brothers and sisters, we are marred. We are marred by sin. And the potter wants to put us back together again. Why do we discriminate against the other race? We all came from the dust of the ground. And the scripture says that Yahweh made man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. I don't know how they got white, how they got yellow, how they got black, how they got all these different shades of people. But we all came from the same one man, Adam, and thereafter, Eve. Barack Obama says, I am the son of a black man from Kenya and a white woman from Kansas. I was raised with the help of a white grandfather who survived a depression to serve in Patton's army during World War II and a white grandmother who worked on a bomber assembly line at Fort Leavenworth while he was overseas. I've gone to some of the best schools in America and lived in one of the world's poorest nations. I am married to a black American who carries within her the blood of slaves and slave owners. 
an inheritance we pass on to our two precious daughters. I have brothers, sisters, nieces, nephews, uncles, and cousins of every race and every hue scattered across three continents, and for as long as I live, I will never forget that in no other country on earth is my story even possible. It's a story that hasn't made me the most conventional candidate, but it is a story that has seared into my genetic makeup the idea that this nation is more than the sum of its parts, that out of many, we are truly one. We will get back to the word after this. You're listening to Proclaim Gospel, coming to you from Tortola, British Virgin Islands. Your host is Evangelist Joel Gums. Welcome back to Proclaim Gospel. Uh, you're listening again to Breaking Down the Racial Divide. The word racism means poor treatment of or violence against people because of their race. The belief that some races of people are better than others. A belief that race is the primary determinant of human traits and capacities and that racial differences produce an inherent superiority of a particular race. This is the lie that Satan has spawned in the minds of men from time man knew himself. Brothers and sisters, we have got to break down the racial divide and we are going to do this with the gospel, the good news of salvation. But let us look at a story in the Bible where there was a rift between two tribes, the Samaritans and the Jews. The Jews and the Samaritans had a rift for many years, even up until this present day. The archaeological study of the Bible makes this interesting observation about the relationship between the Jews and the Samaritans. The rift between the Samaritans and the Judeans dates from an early period. According to 2 Kings 17, the Samaritans were descendants of Mesopotamian peoples who were forcibly settled in the lands of northern Israel by the king of Assyria in the wake of the exile of 722 BC. They combined the worship of Yahweh with idolatrous practices. The Ecological Study Bible, Zondervan Publishing, in addition to these idolatrous practices, they established a rival priesthood and a rival temple on Mount Gerizim. Considering such theological differences with the Samaritans, the disciples must have been perplexed when Yeshua chose the Samaritan route to Galilee. They were surprised that Yeshua did not allow himself to be drawn in a religious debate. He appealed directly to the Samaritan woman's longing for acceptance, love, and forgiveness. You can read about Yeshua's encounter with the Samaritan woman in the book of John chapter 4. We will get to that, but I'm just introducing and laying the background. You see, the Jews called the Samaritans a herd, not a nation. 
that derogatory insult to a people. They called the Samaritans a herd and not a nation. A widely used Jewish proverb stated that a piece of bread given to a Samaritan is more unclean than swine's flesh. Sometime early in the first century, Samaritans threw human bones into the temple in Jerusalem on the day of Passover. This heinous act, according to the Jews, defiled the sanctuary, making it impossible to celebrate the most important feast of the year. The worst insult that a Jew could use was to call someone a Samaritan, such as in John 8:48, when the hostile Pharisees answered Yeshua by saying, Are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and are possessed? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we look at your word today, a word, Father in heaven, that is speaking about racism in the world, racism in your church, racism in the body of Yeshua. I pray, Father in heaven, that it will be looked at as vomit, as disgusting, that we would reprove it, we would rebuke it, O Father in heaven, in your name. Help us, Father in heaven, to trample, to break down the barriers of culture, the barriers, O Father of race, the barriers of ethnicity. Let us break it down with the gospel, I pray. So touch hearts, change lives, and save souls, I pray, in your Son's name with thanksgiving. Amen. Brothers and sisters, thus far in my opening, I know there are many people who live here in Tortola, British Virgin Islands, who have felt the sting and the scourge of racism. There's racism against the other people in the Caribbean islands. There's racism against people from white descent or Caucasian or Indian descent. There's such great racism in the world that if Yahweh does not come and put an end to racism, it will get into the church and take over the church. Brothers and sisters, even in the church, even in Yeshua's day, even between the apostles and the Gentiles, there was racism. Even in the church today, there are some white churches in the United States of America that if you go into them, they will tell you as a black person that you are in the wrong church and you will feel better in the church a few blocks down the road. I have heard this testimony from the very lips of people who experienced this racism in the body of Yeshua. Brothers and sisters, this is sad. This is a travesty and it is the weapon that Satan is using to cause havoc in the world, havoc in the church, havoc in the home, havoc in society racism that you are better than me and that I am better than you there is no superior race because if there was a superior race there would be a particular set of people who are not dying but the fact that everyone is dying from Adam down to the last person who is dead in the grave today there is no superior race because we are all marked for death by Satan who is going around as a rowing lion seeking whom he may devour so show me this superior race show me this superior race i would like to see that superior race that cannot die so as i said look at john 4 and verse 3 to 34 now how did yeshua approach the samaritan woman what was the woman's response to yeshua's conversation with her <laughs> 
What was the disciples' response to this experience and how did Yeshua broaden their vision? We will look at this very important topic, a topic that is disgusting and a topic that needs to be eradicated or we will all eradicate one another. So I will start from John chapter 4 and I will read from verse 3 and I will go down and you follow me in your Bible. He left Judea. This is Yeshua, Jesus Christ, the son of Yahweh. He left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. This was a calculated trip, a calculated move premeditated by the son of Yahweh even before the world was created. This visit was already planned before the world was created. So the scripture says, and he must needs go through Samaria. In other words, he must needs go through Haiti. He must needs go through Santo Domingo. He must needs go through Jamaica. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. There is a message to be preached in the world today. And racism is a barrier. Cultural, ethnicity, education, whatever it is. Many things are stopping the gospel from being proclaimed in the world. And the scripture says that Yeshua must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Yeshua therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. It was about the sixth hour. Now understanding the time back in the day of Yeshua, unlike the standard modern 12-hour clock that assigns 12 o'clock p.m. for noon, in the ancient Jewish tradition, noontime was always the sixth hour of the day. So in other words, it was midday. The sun was hot. Yeshua was thirsty. And he sat by the well. This was all planned by divine intervention. And the scripture says in verse 7, There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Yeshua said unto her, Give me to drink. Now this is another strange occurrence. Yeshua was in the middle of the day going about his journey. And the woman of Samaria was going to the well to draw water in the heat of the day. You see, she was living such a life that she did not want to go out with the other women in the afternoon when the sun was cool. She preferred to go out when the other women were at home. You see, because the lifestyle that she was living was one that they would, she was the talk of the town. She was the scourge of society. They were looking down on her. She was ashamed and filled with guilt, brothers and sisters. So she chose a time of the day when the other women were at home. Can you identify with this woman? She had five husbands and the one that she presently had was number six is not hers. But you see, she was about to meet the seventh man in her life and that will be a radical change, a change that brought salvation to her. Listen to the word of Yahweh today. So there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Yeshua said to her, give me to drink. Uh, then said the woman of Samaria unto him, how it is that thou being a Jew, Ask it, drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria. For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. I already told you that there was a rift between the Jews and the Samaritans. 
Yeshua answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of Yahweh, and who it is that said to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Yeshua said unto her, Go, call your husband, and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Yeshua said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that saidest thou truly. Verse 19, just skipping forward. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Verse 22, Yeshua is saying to her, You worship ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. Brothers and sisters, Yeshua made it his business to walk through and to pass through Samaria because he was to meet this woman and that the disciples would learn that there is no such thing as racism, no such thing as cultural barriers. There's no such thing as hatred in the church of Yahweh. Brothers and sisters, this is a big ugly head that has been rising up time after time all around the world. People are being killed because of racism. The gospel is being subverted because of racism. My brother and my sister, Yeshua is coming soon and he's coming for one people. He is not coming for the whites over there. He is not coming for the blacks over there. He is not coming for the Asian. He is not coming for no, no, no. He is not coming for different races of people. He is coming for one people, my brother and my sisters verse 27 says and upon this came his disciples in other words the disciples came and met Yeshua talking to the woman and they marveled that he talked with the woman yet no man said what seekest thou or why talkest thou with her Yeshua said unto her I that speak unto thee am he in verse 28 the woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the men Come see a man which told me all things ever I did. Is not this the Messiah? This woman who the Jews regarded as a dog, as a Gentile, as a people who did not deserve salvation. She went and said, is not this the Christ? But the very Jews who Yeshua came to, they rejected him and they cried, crucify him, crucify him, give us Barabbas. This is why Yeshua came to this woman, so that this woman will be an object lesson to the disciples that there should be no racism and that there must be no barriers in presenting the gospel to the world. Is there a barrier between you and the gospel being presented to the world? Do you go to different races? Do you go to different people and tell them the gospel message? Or do you hold back because you are white and you don't want to speak to the black neighbor? Or because you are black and you don't want to speak to the white neighbor? Or because you don't want to speak to the Chinese or the Vietnamese or the Indian? Brothers and sisters, this has to be eradicated from our lives if it is present because Yahweh will destroy racism and those who are racist. Let's break down marveled when the disciples marveled. In other words, they were surprised. You see, among the Jews, it was considered highly improper for a man and beneath the dignity of a rabbi or a teacher to converse with a woman in public. An ancient Jewish literary work, Abbot, advises, let no one talk with a woman in the street. No, not with his own wife. Have mercy, not even with his own wife. 
cited in Strack and Bilebeck, Volume 2, page 438. I continue. In the Mishnah, the men were admonished, engage not in too much conversation with women. The eternal lesson that Yeshua longed to teach his disciples and each one of us is simply this. Those who have the spirit of Yeshua will see all men through the eyes of divine compassion. Who are people whom, due to the influence of your own culture and society, you tend to view disdainfully or with lack of respect? Why must you change your attitude and how can that change come? Brothers and sisters, you have got to fall at the foot of the cross, fall at the feet of Yeshua, and ask him to remove the spirit of racism. Ask him to remove the spirit of bigotry. Ask him to remove the spirit of xenophobia from you, because these things cannot enter into heaven. Because when you see the Gentiles, when you see the Asians, the Chinese, when you see the Japanese and, and the blacks and the white in heaven, what are you going to do? Are you going to leave? and go to hell brothers and sisters it behooves us to live with one another for we are all Yahweh's children because there's no racism in heaven Yeshua desires that his word of grace shall be brought home to every soul every soul brothers and sisters to a great degree this must be accomplished by the personal labor to a great degree this must be accomplished by personal labor this was Yeshua's method. His work was largely made up of interviews. He had a faithful regard for the one soul audience, one-to-one -one missionary outreach. Through that one soul, the message was often extended to thousands. There are multitudes who will never be reached by the gospel unless it is carried to them. We have to carry the gospel to the rich, to the poor, to the uneducated, to those who have big jobs, to those who are janitors. We have got to carry the gospel to everyone. There is no east, nor west, nor north, nor south. There is no Jew, nor Greek, nor bond, nor free. There are just souls out there to be saved. People, souls like you and I who are in need of salvation. Hand, hand is a Filipino-Canadian poet and MC. She wrote, Music is a universal language that transcends the boundaries of culture, race, religion, and gender, all factors that divide people. It is an important medium that can be used to encourage healing within oneself and community, whether local or global. In a world of hegemony, in other words, leadership or dominance especially by one country or social group over others so she says in a world of hegemony eurocentricism which is focusing on european culture or history to the exclusion of a wider view of the world implicitly regarding european culture as preeminent she says both of which are very palpable today it is more important than ever to be ourselves if you want to survive in a world of conformity, resistance is necessary. And she says, my resistance is through my music and performances. So then, if we were to remove the word music and replace it with the gospel, it will say, 
then the gospel is the good news of salvation that transcends boundaries of culture, race, religion, and gender, all factors that can divide people. Brothers and sisters, Galatians chapter 3, verse 27 and 28 says, For as many of you as have been baptized in Yeshua have put on Yeshua. There is therefore, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Yeshua, Hamashiach, we are all one. Xenophobia and bigotry has no part in the body of Yeshua. That is why he passed through Samaria in order to deliver the woman who was living a life of sin, having five husbands, or having had five husbands, and the one that she was living with presently, number six, was not hers. But the seventh man in her life made the difference by bringing salvation to her. Are you slighting the gospel by withholding it from your neighbor because of how you feel about where they're from, because they're not a Tertullian, because they're not a belonger, or even if they're a belonger, because they're not a Bivialander? This is a sin in the eyes of Yahweh. For the scripture says, how can you hate your brother who you see every day and say you love Yahweh then you are the biggest liar the scripture says that you are a liar and the truth is not in you Yeshua in his teaching dealt with men individually it was by personal contact and association that he trained the twelve it was in private often but one listener that he gave his most precious instruction to the honored rabbi at the night conference on the Mount of Olives, to the despised woman at the well of Sicca, he opened his richest treasures. For in these hearers, he discerned the impressible heart, the open mind, the receptive spirit. Even the crowd that so often thronged his steps was not to Yeshua an indiscriminate mass of human beings. He spoke directly to every mind and appealed to every heart. He watched the faces of his hearers, marked the lighting up of the countenance, the quick responsive glance which told the truth had reached the soul, and there vibrated in his heart the answering chord of sympathetic joy. Brothers and sisters, Yeshua came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to transcend racial divide he came to transcend racism he came to bring life and to bring it more abundantly yeshua discerned the possibilities in every human being he saw in you and he saw in me an evangelist he saw in the other brother and the sister a witness he saw in everybody some potential in spreading the gospel of good news the gospel of salvation he was not turned aside by an unpromising exterior or by unfavorable surroundings. He called Matthew, the tax collector from the toll booth, and Peter and his brethren from the fishing boat to learn of him. Nelson Mandela said, During my lifetime, I have dedicated myself to this struggle of the African people. I have fought against white domination, and I have fought against black domination. I have cherished the ideal of a democratic and free society in which all persons live together in harmony and with equal opportunities. It is an ideal which I hope to live for and to achieve, but if needs be, it is an ideal for which I am prepared to die. End of quote. Are you prepared to die for the gospel? 
Are you prepared to risk your life and go and go into other cultures? Break down the racial divide and stereotype and xenophobia. Break down the bigotry and spread the gospel. Are you willing to risk your neck to preach the gospel? The tender sympathies of our Savior were aroused for fallen and suffering humanity. If you would be his followers, you must cultivate compassion and sympathy. Indifference to human woes must give place to lively interest in the sufferings of others. The widow, the orphan, the sick, the dying will always need help. Here is an opportunity to proclaim the gospel, to hold up Yeshua, the hope of consolation of all men. When the suffering body has been relieved and you have shown a lively interest in the afflicted, the heart is opened and you can pour in the heavenly balm. If you are looking to Jesus and drawing from him knowledge and strength and grace, you can impart his consolation to others because the comforter is with you. My brother and my sister, breaking down the racial divide. Go on into all the world and preach the gospel. It doesn't matter the color. It doesn't matter who they are. Preach the gospel in season and out of season. The devil is going about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And he is devouring millions by racism. Millions he's devouring. Because of racism, many are dying for want of for want of the basic necessities, governments around the world are allowing a certain race and class of people to die because they cannot get the basic necessities, basic housing, basic healthcare. They cannot get it because of racism. If Yeshua does not come now, we will be destroyed because of racism. But I thank Yahweh that he has a peculiar people, a priesthood, a royal priesthood who have been called to present the gospel to every nation kindred and tongue and then the end shall come I can't wait for that day when there'll be no more racism no more violence no more hatred no more bigotry oh my brother and my sister are you longing for that day let us pray Heavenly Father I thank you for your word I thank you for the gospel, Father in heaven, that can break down walls, break down the walls of separation, break down racism, break down ethnicity, and transcend the love of Yahweh in the hearts and minds of men and women who love you and who love their fellow men and wants to see them saved by spreading the gospel of salvation. Father in heaven, forgive us if we have erred. Forgive us if we have shown any sort of prejudice against another man because of his race, because of the color of his skin, because of his educational background, because of his job, because of his social status. Forgive us, I pray, Father in heaven, and save us from this ugly thing called racism. Give us the love of Yahweh within our hearts, that it may shine abroad, and that all may see that we are children of the Heavenly Father. We are disciples because we have love one for another. This is my prayer. For I ask it in no other name but your son with thanksgiving. Amen. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, you can write us at Proclaim Gospel, P.O. Box 336, Rowtown Tortola, British Virgin Islands. Or you may email us at ProclaimGospelVI at gmail.com. Our telephone number is 1-284-547-4601. If you desire Bible studies or prayer, please contact us. 
Yahweh bless you.